Okay, hi. It's Tess Schwat. Basically, Yudshvat. I literally feel like Yudshvat is like a four-day young thing because like it's oh, it's basically already Yudshvat because tonight's Yudshvat and then tomorrow, then tomorrow night, and then the next. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's literally like four. It's like a whole week long. Um, okay. Anyway, we're up to chapter twenty-two, part Chaf Beis. So, a little bit of small, small, small background where we're coming from. Dalter is teaching us how. So there is this thing that's very close to us to actually experience within our human experience. What is this thing that's very close to us? It is the experience of living through the lens of our soul. That's what it is. It's the ability to live in a state of being where it's not only where you're not only seeing things as what they are, but you're seeing the inner reality of them, including the inner reality of yourself. And essentially what that comes through, what that comes from is for a Bainani, um, is when they can kind of tap into that place inside of them that's beyond just impulse, that's beyond just reactive, which is the animal soul. So Kikar Belecha, what is close to you? The ability to literally sit in the seat of your soul and to see the deeper truth of, of life. Um, so we spent the beginning of Paratanya saying, how it's close to you in terms of like you can meditate and you can really get into it and you can know what you it really it's like really inner work can lead you to that place of being able to according to the tanya like according to simple tanya words risa wow very pleasant to surprise make coffee make tea you don't have to apologize Um, so according to Tanya words, the Kikar Velecha is like that you should be able to have dominion of soul over matter, right? Of soul over animal soul, of this conscious, godly driven, aka like, and I don't mean conscious like awake, I mean conscious like the ability to choose. Conscious meaning like not just reactive. And so that is moach shalit al-halev. It should be in dominion over the part of me that's just reactive and that's just impulsive and that's just, and not impulsive like, <laughs> like impulsive like reacting to the way things look versus reacting to what things actually are um, and essentially that is close to us the ability to to literally live in the seat of our souls in that way and then the Altarba basically then asked so he's like it doesn't sound very close to us like that is very hard to live like that and what the Altarba has been teaching us for the past few chapters is that this space inside of us isn't something the space inside of us that sees life through that lens. It's literally, the altar calls it Avam Suteris. It's the or in Sof shining in your soul. It's literally this place inside of you that you don't have to earn and you don't have to deserve and you don't even have to work hard to acquire. It's, it's there by nature of you being alive. It's a Yerusha from our ancestors. It's the, nature, it's the DNA of who you are. And you have constantly this literal light shining in your soul it's the space of self capital s self and what it takes to reveal it is chachma and what is chachma chachma is the moment of it's the moment that ends up being a moment of mesiras nefesh because it's a moment that's beyond it's a moment where you step out of bina it's a moment where you step out of the story so, so what is that experience? It's like, I'm in my life, and this means that, and this means that, and I'm defining this, and I'm defining that, and because this is, because I am this, it's going to mean that, and because this situation is here, then this. That's all Bina. And the author has been telling us that the way to access this 
capital S self inside of us, this Avam Sutaris, this Orin Sof shining in your soul, this higher perspective is when you get into the space of Chachma, which is that space of Koachma, open wonder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just notice. I see. I notice, and I'm. How do you get there? So that all they're telling us is that you don't get there through Hispanics. You get there. We've kind of for the past like week. No, it's okay. It's such a good question about how do you get there, and we've been like exploring that. How do you get there? Because it's. It's not, the altar doesn't tell us. The way that the altar tells us how to get there is through telling us. It's kind of like a riddle. The altar tells us that it'll automatically, be, you have this place inside of you, and it gets automatically awakened when you're faced with Mesiras Nefesh. When the Chachma is like, when something knocks on it, and it's like, wait a second, you're, what is this place? This place inside of you wants to be connected to the unity. And when something knocks on it and says, you're about to be disconnected, it automatically wakes up. And so what we've been just thinking about, and like, because Altobah doesn't, doesn't, at least not yet, he hasn't told us how to get there, but what we've been saying is that like, the fact that we know that I will get there if push came to shove, means that I can access it now, means that it's a part of my reality now. And we were just thinking, like, I, I know for myself, like, I literally, just knowing that I have this space inside of me allows me to find access to it. You know what I mean? And so there is work to be done to find access to it, but so far the author hasn't told us what needs to be done. The author is just telling us, like, notice that you have it. And it's, it's possible that I didn't read so much ahead. Like, it's possible we're going to get to more of that. But just knowing that we have this space inside of us that, and like I mentioned this a few t- days ago, but like in IFS, like in that kind of therapy, like he literally talks about his work with his clients that the way that, I mean, and like he had to find out for he found out for himself that we all have this like space of self inside of us even a, even a person that is in a completely reactive life like they they have it and he says that how does he find it he finds it through acknowledging the parts which is essentially what Dalta wrote told us before okay i really want to not get too much of a tangent but basically Dalta wrote told us that very clearly that if you don't have access to your chachma like if you're a russia that is completely blended with like all of the impulse experience all of the reactive to what life looks like versus what life actually is experience the way to kind of break out of that and to kind of start to have access to this space inside of you is to feel the fullness of the darkness to feel the fullness of of the animal soul and until you because if you're not feeling it then it is you but once i say wow i can actually feel this then i become separate from it i become and then eventually I can actually become the master over it through gaining access to this space inside of me. But first, author was just saying, you have this space inside of you that is... Okay. <sighs> okay. Sometimes it feels like so many words. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, yesterday's chapter, we were talking about... The, we're, we're, now we're in this middle of this conversation about the unity of Hashem. Why? Because from this space of... the From this space of from the space of capital S self, you know that God is one. And so essentially what the author has been saying is like, what do you act, when you have access to the space, what do you have access to? What are you now becoming aware of? What does life look like from this space? And so we were talking about how from this space, you end up wanting to do a mitzvah and you want to not do an avera, meaning in a very practical way, you are aware that God is one, and then it's like actually affecting your daily life, but the other would ask, like, 
how does that make sense? Like, how come, even though this seat of my, this self, this capital S self that I have inside of me knows that God is one, what does it have to do with me doing something so physical or not doing something so physical? Like, and so what we've been talking about, we're in the middle of this conversation of that a lot of times we tend to think of the unity of God as something over there and then I'm over here. God is one, for sure. God is one, but I'm still here. God is one, but there's a part of me that is really difficult. <laughs> God, yeah, God is one, but I'm really afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow, right? We do that all the time. God is one, but this hurts. And so what we've been exploring is what actually the unity of God means. And what we're going to see is that it doesn't mean that God is one and so nothing hurts. It means God is one and so even in the hurt, even the hurt is only God. And that's what we said yesterday that it's not that Hashem, we were comparing um, Hashem, Hashem's creating to, to speech. Hashem says that Hashem created the world with speech. And so like, what does it actually mean? So for us speech, us speech is that we speak and then my words are separate from me, right? I'm, I'm revealing what I have inside of me and now it's outside of me. And so we said that for Hashem, it's not like that because Hashem it is speech because Hashem is revealing what was previously hidden, but it's not like our speech in the sense of it's not separate from Him. It's like, bless you, Hashem is speaking and His words are still within Him. Everything that Hashem is creating is still within Him. But our question today is, where Hashem, 10 minutes, we can do this. It's not so long. Um, I'm going to try to finish on time. We used to be so good at that. And then yesterday I went over time, but I'm going to try going back to finishing on time. Um, today the question is the Altar basically asks like at the end of the day yeah it's fine we say that oh so one part of the mushal applies but the other part doesn't but we're at the end of the day Hashem is saying speech and Hashem is also giving us speech as speech appears to us so there has to be some connection to like the wholeness of the mushal of speech and so today we are going to talk about yesterday we talked about what let's see Yesterday we were talking about the unity of God from God's perspective. And from God's perspective, we said that the unity of Hashem... <laughs> warning, warning. That the unity of Hashem... <laughs> Gotta get more chairs. <laughs> that the unity of Hashem is like... It's like a turtle. And I love this because it's like cute. I thought there was talking about turtles. <laughs> but it's like a, it's like a turtle because... It's true that there is concealment in the world. It's true that there is darkness in the world. But the darkness is also part of Hashem. The shell of the turtle is also part of the turtle. It's not something separate from the turtle. Right? But that today we're going to talk about what about our perspective. Because from my perspective, the turtle, the shell doesn't look like it's part of the turtle. From my perspective, Hashem's creation of the world looks like it's separate from Him. And so we're going to start talking about like how does that actually happen. And... The foundation of today's Tanya. Why? Because this is less than what I think is talking about like how if everything comes from Tyra, but we see that there's so much really iffy stuff in this world, how could it be coming from Tyra? Exactly. And like how are we supposed to elevate it without getting entrenched in it? Exactly. So it so the okay, exactly. And the cool thing about this to me is that like the point isn't the answer. The point is asking the question. Like the point is coming to this place because so far the author has been telling us 
unity of God. You have this place inside of your soul that literally is in love with the unity. Literally, not only in love with the unity, in love, like inside of the love of the unity, right? That's, that's life. And then it's like, wait a second, then how is there darkness? You get it? Like the knowing of what we're talking about leads to this question. Do you get, do you get it? It's kind of like in Shariachud, like the altar of it says like, God is one, God is constantly creating, da-da-da-da-da, blah, blah, blah. And then like the end of Parak Gimel, the last line of Parak Gimel is, so then how is there a world? And like, it's not about the answer. It's about like getting to this point where you actually ask the question. It's like, and then there is answer, obviously, but like the question itself shows that you're getting the point. Because when you can actually get the point of like, wow, literally every single aspect of creation is inside of God's love, is transparent to God's love. And why, how is there pain? How is there tumah? How is there things that Hashem says, don't go near that? How is that possible? Okay. So this is Parak Chafez. Rakshat, it's pretty short. The Hebrew today, two pages. Rakshatar, I think I say that every day. Rakshatar, Dibra, Kilashayin, B'nai Adam. The Torah employs human speech. Hashem still says that Hashem says that He's calling His creation of the world speech, and we said that. Oh, so the mashal doesn't completely apply. But at the end of the day, Hashem is choosing to use that. Why? Because in truth, this there is this way of downward flow of. Hashem's creation of the world. What is this thing that happens to create the world? There is many tzimtzumim, powerful contractions, to create the all different kinds of creation that we see around us. All the different kinds of creation. So the different kinds of tzimtzumim end up creating different kinds of creation. Just one small thing. I've said this like probably 15 times, <laughs> but Hasidus is, I once, I learned this from Zalman Kaplan. I once asked him like, how, like, why are we, how come, like, Hasidus is so irregulated. <laughs> like on the one hand, we're saying there isn't a world. Then we're saying where there is a world. Then we're saying there's only a world. Then we're saying there cannot be a world. Then it's like, we're constantly saying all these different perspectives. And he basically told me, he's like, Hasidus is like a deck of cards. There is the wholeness of the deck of cards. And essentially for me, the only thing that I could find that like encapsulates all of it is Ein Mavade. That encapsulates everything. Ein Eid Mavade. And Ein Mavade doesn't mean that there isn't a world. It also doesn't mean there is a world. And it also, it just means there's only God. But after the whole deck of cards, sometimes you take out one card at a time. And through taking out one card at a time, you end up, the point of it is to always to get back to the wholeness, back to the ultimate truth. But sometimes you have to look at one card at a time. And right now, the altar is talking about Tzimtzum. Later in Tanya, the altar is going to say Tzimtzum lo kipshite. Everything that I just told you about Tzimtzum, it's not literal. Don't worry too much about it. But right now, the altar is telling us about Tzimtzum. And so the, in order to gain the bigger perspective, and this is very hard for me because I'm like, let's just see, the, let's just see where we're going. Like, why are we? But to get to where you're going, you have to be where you are, which is literally the whole theme of Tanya, really. Like, to get to become a Bainani, you have to be able to be in the darkness, too. A Bainani isn't somebody that says, I'm a tzaddik. I don't have parts of me. I don't have reactivity. Somebody, a Bainani is somebody who says, I do. And I can be here fully. So, let's be here fully. Okay. 
these, these contractions, these tzimtzumim, are so great and powerful, and they conceal Hashem's face so much. And this is our question here. Ad Until it can even create stuff that are klipa and sitra achra. So, I said this at the beginning of the class, but like, that in itself is the big deal. The fact that, we're now that we know that everything is coming from God, and the fact that I have darkness inside of me, the fact that I have pain inside of me, that is the question. That is the contradiction. That is the quandary. You know, the question isn't how is everything united with God. We don't have Sitra Akhra inside of us. I wouldn't say naturally, but we do have moments where we are in a state of Sitra Akhra, where we're literally turned to the other side of Kedusha, where we're full of Right, no, not a Jew doesn't. Same. Yeah. For sure we have to draft. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the fact that there is in the world, though, and, like, that is, the, that's, like, how? Like, it's a wild thing, though. It's really a wild thing because we don't naturally do this. Usually we think that life is separateness and we can gain the unity of God. We can receive the love, <laughs> you know? It's like we don't question that life is hard. It's just life is hard. This is nature. This is the way things are. But like, it's not natural. <laughs> it's not natural that we feel loneliness. Literally, we're all inside of love of God. How the heck are we feeling lonely? And like, when we can start to gain this perspective, what ends up happening is that like, you can actually start to like, do, do, you know what I mean? But like, it starts with this wondering. Like, this isn't natural. This isn't, like, Gullus isn't, Regular. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but so, how is all this happening? These klipa, sitrachar, all these things are coming through the life, light, life of Hashem that is being concealed. This reason they are called other gods. Because their life force isn't coming from a state of panim, it's coming from a state of acharayim. And literally, it's a very simple way of understanding it. Like if I'm talking to you and I'm like, hi, I'm giving myself to you. Versus if I'm like, sup, sup. <laughs> it's just, it's not, right? And if you want to think about it, also you can think about it, it's pnimi saratzen versus chitzen yisaratzen. Pnimi and chitzen. Pnimi saratzen is what I do because I want to do it. I gosh, it's such a beautiful story today. Do we have five minutes? <laughs> five minutes? Okay. I heard a story today of this guy. He's like a like the dean of YU or something like that. And he basically said that when he was a kid one time, a teenager, he was away in yeshiva. And he was going through a hard time. He just was feeling sad. And so he called his father. And his father was at work. And he kind of felt like he shouldn't because he didn't want to take his father's time. But he was really feeling emotional. And so he, he called his dad. I ended up talking to his dad for like half an hour and he felt a little better and ended the conversation, right? Later, his mom told him, he said, his mom kind of gave him a little spanking and was like, you know what you did to your father? He shut the whole store down. He told all the customers to leave. He went into the back room and was talking to you for half an hour. How could you have done that to him? So this kid, this teenager at the time, he's like, he felt so bad. So he went to his father and he apologized. He's like, 
I really, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean to, you know, cause you so much, like, by making sure the whole story down, it wasn't my intention, and I'm sorry. He said that his dad looked at him and he said, why do you think I do any of this? You know. <laughs> I know. So that's Pnei Misharatzen. The store, Chitzan Misharatzen. But to the father, being there for his child, that's Pnei Misharatzen. That's why he's doing all of it. And what we're making a differentiation here is between what, well, it's really so emotional, it's crazy. We're making a differentiation between what Hashem, the aspects of Hashem's creation that he does from a place of Pnei Misharatzen, and the aspects of Hashem's creation that he has from Chitzan Misharatzen. It's like giving somebody an object when you don't even you don't like them, and it's and it's you're giving them for the sake of some other end for the as a means to an end, and so you kind of throw it over your shoulder. But the bchinas panim is this countenance of your face. You're really face forward. It's like a mother nursing her child. Like you know, it's. Hey guys, come in. Hashem's inner desire is to give love and life to his to the world through from the side of Kedusha. The Sitra Achra is the other side of God, which he dislikes. And so, and so, basically, it's not transparent to him. It's it's kind of like a give and take, though. There isn't. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like, but it's coming from this place of non-desire, non-inner desire. Hashem's giving it in a way of throwing it over his shoulder, in a way. Dislike. So why does Hashem do it? Why does Hashem create all this? In it's going to continue, but for now the altar was saying to give right to give reward to the tzaddikim, to give punishment to the rishaim. Um, essentially, to create a world of to create the world that we're in, which, talking about Basilagani, literally, this, the concept of Iskafia and Ishabcha, the whole, and I don't know why Hashem wanted it. I don't know. <laughs> to transformation. Iskafia is when you look at a part of you and you say, you are not me. You are a part of me. You are an aspect of my being, but you're, you're Sitra Akhra. You're something else inside of me. You're coming from my animal soul. You loneliness, sadness, fear, desire to do an avera, whatever it is. You're something else inside of me. You're not who I am. That's iskafia. It's that moment of unblending from this thing that's inside of me. Wow, this is not how I know. It's this new realization that I've been having. It's pretty obvious, though. It's like once you realize that, it's like yeah. And then ishapcha is when once you aren't that thing anymore. Once it's not owning you, but you are now owning it. You're not a victim to it. You are the leader of it. It's hapchas when you do the inner work of like, why, why did you actually come to me? Why are you here? What is your inner reasoning for being here? And it's like all the inner work of like realizing that it's not even actually bad in the first place. There is literally, it only ever wants, what's, it only ever wants the unity. Everything only wants the unity. It just thought that for you to feel connection, you have to 
have avoidance attachment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it thinks these things about you, but it's not. But as when you kind of reveal what it actually wants and let. So. Okay. Bye.